Hello, friends and fellow cosmic travelers. Thank you so much for stopping by and checking out the Meditative Minds podcast. I'm your host, John Paul. Don't let my name fool you, though. I'm not French or religious, but I unquestionably possess a keen interest in all things spiritual. The first guest on our very first episode is Stephen D'Amico. Steve is a contemporary spiritual teacher from Toronto. And fun fact, besides being a modern-day mystic, Steve and his wife own and operate a magical grilled cheese restaurant in Toronto, affectionately named the Millwood Melt. If you enjoy melty and delicious grilled cheese sandwiches made with love, I would highly recommend you check it out. All right, on with the show. Today's maiden voyage was actually recorded 10 years ago and never released into the wild. Great Scott. Great Scott! Please be gentle. Hearing myself from that long ago makes me wince a little bit. All the following episodes moving forward, however, will be market fresh, up to date, and won't require hopping into a DeLorean and driving 88 miles an hour. Thanks again for listening, folks. I really am honored, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Catch you on the flippity flop. Later. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the first Meditative Minds podcast. Long time podcast listener, first time podcaster. Special guest today on the podcast. Um, we have my good friend well i wouldn't go that far um yes <laughs> don't start because <laughs> uh, i'm gonna put you in submission my uh my, in submission. my very uh one of my favorite acquaintances um he is a spiritual teacher social activist author a poet um and he's my friend steve Demico. hi steve hey buddy <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you put all those words in there yeah oh geez. all the labels a lot of talking all the labels um so let me make sure so we have to talk about each of those things now sure know, sure being a social activist a poet a poet <laughs> um i mean i don't know if i guess i've read some of your poetry yeah um it's a good thing that you didn't quit your day job oh, that's for sure no. <laughs> you. Uh, uh, did just... you get it did you even get my poems uh no they were way too uh really well a little bit, but I never, I didn't actually uh, delve that deep. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm just fucking A around. surface read. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, um, okay, so, um, hope everyone, hope the people, hopefully bear with us, because uh, this is the first podcast, so the audio might not be perfect, and uh, we're kind of both getting the hang of it, hang of the hang of this. I don't know about you, I'm an old pro. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I thought a good way of starting, Steve, um, is your history. Um, I, you can kind of go as into it as deeply as you want, but um, it's a pretty good story how you got uh, uh, into the spiritual world and how, how you started as a seeker, because it was fairly young when you started, yeah? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a, you know, that, that's, that's an interesting place to start, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, it's difficult. You know, I still shy away from talking about my journey. Uh, Not tonight, baby. Well, yeah. So yeah, we'll get to it. But 
I can lead you if you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can kind of ask you questions instead of putting you on the spot to, to help paint the whole picture. Yeah, I mean, I could just say, you know, in a very, uh, you know, quick, short summary. Yeah. Uh, and this is generally, I think, to some extent true for most individuals. I was aware of my true nature from a very young age. I just knew it. Okay. But I also had the... Uh, the added knowledge that I knew that I knew it, which I think is not normal. May or may not be, I don't know. But I, my sense is that most people don't realize when they're in touch with their true nature as children that that's what they're actually in touch with. They just feel connected. And how did you know, like, the feeling that you knew you knew, was that a, something that you thought about or is just a feeling? Like, you knew the well, feeling. It was a state of realization, but along with the state of realization was the knowingness that I am experiencing my connection to source and the same source is the substance that gives rise to everything in reality, including all the other people that I know, family, okay. friends, acquaintances. But I also knew at that, at that, even at a young age, that most people were not in the same state of realization. I just knew it. Or they weren't as often and you couldn't get there as easily. They would come in and out of it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, especially, I mean, especially adults, I knew most of the time they, they weren't aware of. Um, and so you were in that, uh, you had sort of, you were connected to that state, um, when you were little, when yeah. you were a kid growing up. And then I remember you telling me at a certain point you kind of disconnected on purpose. Yeah. Because I knew also as well, you know, in addition to having the understanding that I was realizing my true nature and the true nature of everything, that one day I would have to share this with other people. I just knew it. Okay. Again, just another thing that I knew. That, that was my purpose in life, to share that's, the realization of oneness. That's, <laughs> that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do, little Stevie. Yeah. Just remember this and tell it to people when you grow up. Here's your mission. Yeah. Yeah. And that part of that was, uh, you know, knowing that there would, there would come a time in my life when I would have to give up my connection voluntarily because I had to know what it was like to exist without feeling connected so that I could find my way back and in the process understand how to awaken. Okay. Um, so you didn't want to stay kind of a, it wouldn't have been as profound if you didn't, if you stayed awake the whole time uh, or you know. wouldn't have learned as much. I, I don't know. It just, that, that was my own personal destiny. Okay. You know, I'm sure there are other, there are other people, uh, who may have the calling to be a teacher where the feeling never left, but they also brought with them maybe more knowledge about how to awaken. I, okay. I needed to gain that knowledge and this was the way my soul led me to gain that knowledge was to drop it to find it again awesome yeah. awesome so you uh you drop it yeah you have it yeah you drop it yeah and then get into a whole lot of strange yeah you get <laughs> a, a, a whole lot of weirdness yeah um and then you sort of uh, there's sort of the itch to kind of find it again um when did that start to happen uh pretty soon after maybe about three years so okay. Entering puberty, got involved soon after uh, with a, with an older girl. Lost yeah. my virginity. Fell in love. Yeah. But, you know. We... Go on. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, Go you know, on. Well, you know, we, you know, we we did what teenagers do, and you you know you, you Heavy make cutting. a mess. Of, you make a mess of things. And yeah. You learn how you know you try to learn how to be in a relationship. So that after that you know, uh, relationship ended in in uh, you know near self destruction for both of us because <laughs> the spiral of. Uh, craziness that we both, you know, uh, uh, transferred to each other from our own inability to be in relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
realized that I had done that whole thing in a way to try to recapture the sense of oneness. So I knew that falling in love was a way to feel the sense of oneness, but that that had become, in, in a sense, a substitute. Okay. And that's what reawakened the desire. Oh, I got to get that back again. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then so you get, you get. So that. then I officially became a seeker throughout oh. high school. Beautiful. Reading, studying, thinking, contemplating, trying to figure out how is it that, uh, you know, that life, you know, asking all the big questions. What's the meaning of life? Who am I? What are we really here for? What are all those questions that fuel the spiritual search okay. for deeper meaning? And so you're just reading all the time. You're, yeah. you're, are you isolating yourself during this time? At periods, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. At periods uh, and towards the end becoming extremely re you know, reclusive, so far removed from social interaction just as part of the way uh, my uh, consciousness went through transformations to reintegrate the knowingness and the realization of true nature, pulling away from the world. It's a common experience. Mm. You know, you, you, you just lose, you know, in a way you lose your connection to outward reality because you're sinking so deep into your subjective reality to find your connection to source that, uh, that it becomes, a, you know, a feeling of being distant from the world, being yeah. outside of the world, being, you know, no, I, I know uh, I'm going to skip a, around a little bit here. There's two questions that come to my mind. Uh, I've heard you um, uh, talk uh, before about a big part of uh, sort of uh, possibly awakening or, or the, you know, the uh, path as a seeker that you really want to know the truth. Yeah. Like you really got to want it yeah. um, and make that clear. I don't know externally or internally or however you're you're kind of internally internally however you're, yeah yeah, yeah how you're, external is but internally you got to really want to know um yeah. what's going on and um yeah. what the deal is yeah um yeah. you obviously have that eh yeah um and people have that to varying degrees yeah the, the more that they have it or the more that they're interested in it the stronger their their passion is for truth and then the more progress they're going to make on their journey it's just like anything else you have to want to know Hmm. about something in order to figure out what it is you, yeah yeah you know the universe in life. <laughs> and but the universe is responding to that of course desire of like course to, of course okay so the other question i had was um because i guess for the first time when i met you uh for the first time and after that really like it was an opportunity for me to ask about the actual experience um of enlightenment like mm -hmm. what that experience is like and I know um, we've talked before that generally it's not bang it happens um, mm -hmm. not everyone's mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle and is super bummed one night and then wakes up and everything else mm -hmm. is different or mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. sits underneath a tree and becomes awake that's right um, but for you you won the lottery yeah. won the <laughs> enlightenment lottery <laughs> and you did have uh, something that was fairly um, Spontaneous, I guess that's the right word. Fairly, uh, yeah. Well, I would say transformative. Transformative. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Um, I, for a while, I thought it was spontaneous, but then I realized that it was actually fueled by the search for truth. Okay. Right. But it's it was not it, really spontaneous. But it was but faster. Terms, it than... was very, yeah. It was an overnight experience. In okay. that sense, it was rapid. <laughs> now, is this overnight? Is this uh, kind of Cole's notes? Uh, storytelling what happened uh, good for this podcast do you want to share that um because i know that it is taboo in the spiritual mm -hmm. world to actually talk about like the thing actual mm -hmm. uh kind of moments or moment that mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. the the game changer um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, different traditions have different views on it. In the Western, in the Western world, it seems like it's you know it's all open. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. You know, it's fine. Um, so for you, you're from what I remember reading your book, you're uh, in your room. Yeah. Um, you just had finished finished masturbating five times that How night. Can you do that? Ah, oh, what happened? Why do you always go there? No, I know, I know. Okay, so you're in your room in the basement, Jeez. and you're. A, about to fall asleep or you've fallen asleep yeah i mean there are other things leading up to it before i describe that let me let okay. me just sort of touch upon the point that you raised about the you know that most people's experience is gradual yeah and what that means really is that most people have different realizations okay and these realizations the, the thing about them it's like when you there are those aha moments you you understand something uh in a in a wordless way generally because it's not it's a it's an event in consciousness and so you experience that moment of truth where you see the truth of something about true nature so that truth can be the oneness of everything or that truth can be the absence of a self yeah. or it can be the discovery of a higher self yeah it can be uh the uh a connection and and, and a perception of energy like there's so many different things that can happen as the soul uh, grows uh, closer towards rediscovering its true nature. Okay. Uh, and what happens in people that, that ha go through these rapid experiences is they get all of those things kind of overnight or all at the same time. Yeah. And oftentimes they don't even uh, necessarily understand half of it because it's so transformative. You know, it took me years to sort of pick apart and break down the, uh, the many different uh, transformations and realizations that arose out of those transformations that I underwent and uh, during that my experience which lasted about 10 minutes it took really 10 years to unpack those 10 minutes to get really it took you 10 years to kind of get to a place where you can access those 10 minutes yeah or, and know what was in them okay yeah. but the actual transformation that that arised out of that 10 minute experience did lead to uh, a permanent realization of my true nature I've never lost it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I won't push a lot more, but uh, you're, what's the moment itself like? You go into your uh, your presence is requested inside the void. This uh, black hole opens what's up. The, what happens? Yeah. I mean, what basically what happens in, in when we're talking about. Uh, enlightenment in probably the most broadest sense what most people in my opinion uh, are referring to when they're using the word enlightenment yeah. is what the Buddha meant when he talked about uh, achieving Nirvana okay and that's uh, where the self basically opens up expands into drops into rises up into wh however it unfolds however it happens the soul basically becomes one with the source of everything in existence and different people will interpret that experience differently like the buddha talked primarily about emptiness mm -hmm. and that led to the philosophy of, of buddhism and the psychology that arises out of it uh, but other traditions will will gain different uh, see different facets of the truth from the same experience. But the experience is is I think uh, universal, perennial. You know, it's what what all human beings experience when they fully connect with their true nature, which is a realization in the inherent emptiness of of a, 
of an egoic self, mm-hmm. even though we have egos and personalities, it's the realization that that actually isn't a permanent thing. It's a temporary thing that we have as human beings. But what is permanent, what is eternal, what isn't unchanging is the source that gives rise to everything in existence, and we are that. Um, would something you use the word source? Uh, it's a loaded word, but can you use the word God? Can you use like yep. it's just different word, yeah. you know? Yeah. I like God. There was a time I didn't like the word God because of all the us- usual associations. Yeah. But what we're talking about is God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome, because that's how I feel about it yeah. at this point. Like yeah. y- y- the words change up. But Creator, spirit, higher self, God. You know, <laughs> the Nirvana. the mystery Thou. that is the yeah the source <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah. The father, the yeah, um, yeah. okay, so the mother for the feminists. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, it's beyond gender. That's, yeah, that's the absolute truth. That God is, is beyond gender, but is the source of gender. Okay, so you referring to kind of what the, the people's general perception of what enlightenment is, uh, and it's generally based on a Buddhist has a Buddhist sort of. Uh, well, I don't know what people. I don't know what people's. Oh, okay, I so so I, I, general I, perception, but I think that people that are. Uh, interested or, or writing or seriously interested in it I, I think there's a, a kind of a, a general agreement that they're talking about I think people have all kinds of crazy ideas about what enlightenment is so so what um, what but, for you is enlightenment is it is it permanently connecting or identifying or being able to get to your true nature well that's a very yeah no simple then I use a different term you, you know okay <laughs> just to distinguish that the permanent realization of true nature, I like self-realization. And again, I think I choose that word because it, I believe it has the most cultural currency. Okay. It's, most people can agree that, you know, that that term, and it's been used enough by different authors and writers, that self-realization refers to the realization of the true self or one's true nature. Oftentimes that, that realization becomes permanent out of an experience of enlightenment or the moment of... Uh, total, you know, egoic annihilation, you know, transcendence of the body, the personal life, everything, the world, you die to all of that and you return to source. And then as you come back out of that, it generally, that, uh, that return uh, can, in many cases, lead to a permanent realization if the experience is profound and uh, profound enough. But I also know from my own experience as a teacher that uh, oftentimes it's much more gradual as well that people come into that state and come out of it but over time as long as they continue to uh, work on realizing their true nature through various practices mm-hmm. you know listening to different teachings uh, you know spending time in contemplation doing all the things that facilitate the process of uh, maturing then it generally does happen Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so back to your specific experience. Uh, you're in your bedroom. There, you there's a request for you to avoid a, a, a black hole opens up, and I, and we can go real like yeah. kind of surface level here, but yeah, like yeah, you know, you, I, all those details they're in my book. Okay. You know, okay. You can, you know, if you want, I, my eBooks are available for free if you want to read them. Ah, I like it. <laughs> Speaking of your books, you have two books. Uh, your first book was Heaven on Earth. Yeah. And um, that came out of how old were you when you wrote that? Uh, I think I started writing that maybe around twenty six or twenty seven. 
few years. Yeah. Maybe three or four years. And and you were compelled to write it down and and. Well, at 22, when I uh, when I went when I had this enlightenment experience and uh, led to the you know. To the realization of my true nature in a permanent way, there was also it's connected with this uh, uh, deeper knowingness about my own destiny. Okay. Follow my destiny, which involved. Uh, understanding not only that experience but also uh, learning how to guide others into it basically how to be a spiritual guide yeah and then yeah so the book was was my first crack at that and your second crack at it you just uh, released a couple months ago uh, the incredible state of absolute nothingness and so if people want to hear, if the people's if out they there, they want the nitty gritty. They want the nitty gritty. You fell into the black hole yeah, and we downloaded all this information. Chapter, and, chapter nineteen to twenty-three, or maybe it's podcast two, <laughs> so we keep, keep people coming back. There you go. For, um, all right, cool. Yeah, I don't mind reading it next time if you want. We can do a little reading. I love it. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, okay, so what do you think are the main challenges on the path, the spiritual path, being a seeker? Is there, what pops in your head in terms of what are the main sort of uh, pitfalls or, or challenges that people come up with? Well, you know, I, I hate to put you out like, like you know, to call you out like this, yeah. but to, you know, to be serious about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're making fun of it. No, you know, well, you think the path, but. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe I, maybe I am just not being, on purpose. I'm yeah, just being silly. Just, like, yeah. like, cause. Glib John Paul. I'm being like Liv John Paul. Um, but no, I, it's seriousness. Like you have to be serious about it. If yeah. you're not serious, then why would you expect that it's you know it's gonna it's gonna produce any lasting transformation? Okay. Like anything in life, you you have to have uh, a certain. That, that level comment of... hurt my feelings, by the way. <laughs> <Get over> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, you have to be serious about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And anything else that pops in your head in terms of? Uh, yeah, you have to do practices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to find some practices that work for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. All the other stuff, that, you know, that all takes care of itself if you just commit to serious spiritual practice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I generally say, like, just just sit. Like, why, you know, if you, if you make, a, you know, if you partition a half hour out of your day to just sit, with you, you know, you're unplugged from reality, and you're just, you know, going into the silence. Yeah. See what you find. Start there. <laughs> it's that simple. Because what happens is, as we in meditation, as we drop into our true nature, uh, it awakens the, the the voice of the soul. The soul starts speaking to us, and that's the inner guidance that directs our steps. Yeah. That's it. Um. So. Um, you're just perfectly leading like these questions are just le- like you're answering them before I'm asking them and you're leading me right into them okay so you're you were kind of saying that you, we're talking about learning method or methods of awakening or uh, gotta be serious about it but then also have a practice yeah. um, or a series of practices it could be you know generally you know more you know more than one more than one but um, but to do those seriously so so the one that you're just talking about on the scale of hardest steepest path the easiest path the easiest you would say is to just sit it's the easiest and the hardest (laughs) oh oh god paradoxes paradoxes no it is the easiest and the hardest because it's hard to it's hard to learn to quiet yourself down so then other things facilitate that exercise you know helps to uh 
exhaust you know some of the extra energy that you might be carrying around yeah so some kind of exercise is good not just it's good for your health too but it's also good for your spiritual growth if it becomes part or integrated into the set of practices that you're using yoga by far is probably the best uh, i mean i do my own little thing that you know is a bit of some of the stuff from yoga you know a little bit of you know tai chi thing and i run and i swim and i you know, use yogic breathing but these are things that i've just developed after uh being serious about all these other practices okay so i've sort of just take what i need from them mm -hmm. but i you know i'll still go to a yoga class and think to myself man <laughs> i should do this more often yeah i feel it's great so good yeah 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 it's so good um so uh so yoga so yoga you're talking about the kind of the western yoga like in terms of the physical activity because i know uh, yeah the yoga of the mind is a, is a well a yeah we're, yeah we're talking saying but i i don't know enough about that yeah um, speak well to it. Yeah, yeah i mean again it's uh definitions yoga and it's deep all life is yoga yeah <laughs> i mean it's part of yoga means to reunite and the, the physical yoga are a series of practices to help facilitate uh meditation which yeah. in a in i don't know what they're doing in studios now i hear different things but uh, my teacher and what I understand uh, from other yoga teachers, they generally end with uh, shavasana. I think it's death pose or meditation, yeah. corpse pose, or corpse something. pose. Yeah. And you're, you know, and you're just spending half an hour now to reap the benefits of your, you know, stretching your body into submission, yeah. <laughs> into relaxation. Yeah, yeah, quiet your can, mind, yeah, and, every, and then and that's it. Um, what do you, uh, what do you think the hardest or steepest, uh, steepest path, steepest path is? Um, in terms of a practice is there anything that pops in your head like damn that's tough to do but if you can do it maybe it's a bit more accelerated your uh you know spiritual learning or is there anything that pops out mm. and if no yeah, it's all good i don't right? know about that I, you know i mean i generally recommend that you find what what works for you okay uh i think you know in my work as a spiritual teacher i can tell you that there are definitely uh, <clears throat> misguided ways and approaches that people use that <laughs> make their path unnecessarily long and difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of instead of just sitting and learning how to. But it also, you know, it also boils down to uh, we all we all could use the benefit of sound guidance. Yeah. And I say that as someone that you know, you know both didn't have guidance probably didn't need a whole lot of guidance but there were times where i wish i had someone to sort of say hey steve don't worry i know it seems like you're moving to some really strange territory yeah but you're doing okay keep going you're not in you know you're not in any kind of dangerous zone or hey you're getting into the you know uh, a place where you shouldn't go yeah and you don't want to do that and here's why and you should pull back and do this like do you have who is <laughs> the first person that you communicated to that you had some sort of experience um like was there a person that you kind of said this happened yeah a um, friend a yeah friend. like a buddy or like someone who was older like a kind of a uh actually she was uh um a former employee i was working on a, on a social action project okay and she was one of uh one of my employees someone that i had hired to participate in this project and after the project ended we remained friends cool and we were just out one night and it came out it came out yeah um and it was a positive experience for the most part she was yeah, pretty she was, open to yeah, it yeah she was a great friend uh and she said wow 
you have to, you know. Yeah. Go out there. Yeah, yeah. Go tell other people if that's what you feel you need to do. Um, telling your family. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't look up to. I, I don't. I don't want to delve into that. Just. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? What was the response from your family like? Was it like what? I never really told anyone in my family. No, not directly. Okay. I mean, indirectly. You know, as they ask questions, I would you know deflect them or address them directly if I felt it was necessary or appropriate. Okay. <clears throat> uh, but it wasn't like, hey guys, no, <laughs> everyone sit down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got something to tell you. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a spiritual douchebag, <laughs> and you know, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, as as the situations arose, I would just respond. Okay, deal with it as it. And can. my mother, I've always had a special relationship with my mother where we could talk about these things. When I was younger, I used to ask her these, you know, Mom, is it true that everything is connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'd yeah. say, Yep. Yeah. You know, she was like. Very matter-of-factly, she might sort of think about it and kind of contemplate what I was asking for, and, and I generally felt that she always gave me really good answers. Like, yeah. that's what I thought, too. And then I'd go back, you know, go back outside and play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go yeah. outside and dig a hole. Yeah. 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 So after, you know, after, you know, there was, we've, we've had some good conversations about it. Cool. Cool, because I, I just kind of curious about you specifically, or just as anyone sort of having powerful experience like that like mm -hmm. presenting mm -hmm. that to the world or presenting that to your family and friends like mm -hmm. even myself talking about mm -hmm. um spiritual stuff mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. some friends are into it some friends are what are you yeah. talking about it's making yeah, news so. um you gauge it you know <laughs> or i did anyways so i want to switch gears real quick yeah, sure um because for, for the peoples out there, um, part of me being compelled to start this is to talk about spirituality, but also uh, have a little bit of a lighter feel to it. Not that it's taking away anything from the information, but uh, a lot of spiritual stuff that I listen to is uh, um, a little, little dry for me. Oh, I see. A little heavy, a little very serious. And, uh, you know... Although I think it should be treated with seriousness, like in terms of your practice, but yeah, in terms of talking about it, it doesn't, I just want two people that are yeah. regular people to talk about it. So yeah. um, this is one of my favorite questions. You're f in no particular order, your three favorite bands of all time. Uh, and just at the moment, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, well, <clears throat> probably, Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, just... Came on. You know. Michael Jackson. I, I, I love Michael Jackson. Yeah. I still can't believe he's gone, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he was having that big comeback tour, and I was, like, actually getting excited about it. Yeah. And that's... I sort of pulled away from his career when he was, you know, not popular here in the West, and, you know, he was no longer embraced by the media or supported, and got a little crazy i don't know yeah but as he started to come back and i and i and i looked at his music uh, i was just blown away like he his some of his songs are so beautiful so amazing i i just yeah it's love it, michael jackson on like yeah. he's a genius yeah he's a genius and, and his listening to music it, i mean how can you not bop to it like, yeah it's so good then Probably, uh, and uh, when I pulled away from Michael Jackson, I I, I, I leaned into Prince. So that's <laughs> cool. Those years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to Prince quite a bit. <clears throat> so those are probably my top two. Uh, yeah, as far as others, yeah, different different bands. 
Um, so I really liked uh, the division bell. Oh, the Pink Floyd. Yes. Yeah. That was something that uh, affected you, impacted you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the other stuff, you know, I didn't, I wasn't into it, but uh, definitely the division bell. I picked up a copy of that, and I used to uh, listen to that along with classical music when I was writing my first book. I loved it. Uh, and, and you know it's funny it's and like, I found sorry I got to yeah, say yeah, this yeah, I also ahead. found I thought at the time I don't know what's happened since but I felt that the uh, <clears throat> and I still believe this is the case that that uh, the album uh, tries or attempts to articulate uh, an understanding of non-duality and I don't think that many of the fans got that yeah and I don't know I don't know their music well enough to know how they progress from you know the wall and animals and all that yeah. to this and if there is an ad or they made some kind of leap and that's why their fans couldn't follow it but i remember at the time when the album came out it didn't get a whole lot of critical acclaim and i you know online fans were not really talking about it in the way that i felt that this is what the album's actually about yeah so there's that and uh i gotta add a fourth depeche mode okay oh nice my gosh. that some of the best you know what I like about Pink Floyd and Depeche Mode is, and there are other artists that do this, their writing, <clears throat> their songwriting reaches a level uh, of universal truth that you may, you know, the song might be talking about something very mundane and ordinary, but the way that they write and what they're bringing out is a deeper, uh, a deeper truth about the thing that they're talking about the deeper truth of whatever it is that they're talking about whether it's a relationship or yeah and and any bands that can do that get to that like the next that, level yeah, of level of songwriting where the meaning is so vague and at the same time when you realize it's not actually vague what it is is very specific but on a deeper level of meaning yeah and and it's, there's just enough uh, uh, of a connection on the surface to bring you into that deeper level of yeah meaning. yeah i love that that's cool yeah because yeah, uh Deep Depeche Mode, I know. Depeche Mode. Yeah. Um, they do it really well. And that's a band I know that they're important. I've never, I don't know, for whatever reason, never delved. Like, I know their, I guess, some of their hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I knew I some of their earlier stuff. Aniko, she says hi, by the way. Oh, and Jessica <laughs> says hi, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, girlfriend and wife. Yeah. For the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she listens. Yeah. I wonder who that is. <laughs> um... Let me close the window. Yeah, but she uh, she found Depeche Mode recently. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I remember Depeche Mode from the you know eighties and nineties, and then I started listening to their music from uh, their not their latest album anymore. They have a new one, Delta Machine, but the one before that, Sounds of the Universe. Yeah, totally blown away. Do you uh, do you ever find that um, like for instance? Um, someone that you know f discovers something that you already think is awesome and you're like for myself at least i'm a little little envious just because i know that first the first time you kind of get it or it turns you on like it's a it's such a great feeling like i know i have a colleague at work she's like i'm on season three of breaking bad it's great i'm like ah like you remember yeah you're like oh like you're in the middle of watching like history television <laughs> history like and it's fresh to you it's yeah. totally new to you and I, I you know when I don't know I'm happy for them and I'm also a little envious because I, I know how <laughs> that's a great feeling when you're discovering something awesome yeah yeah and the other way is good too yeah, yeah of course yeah. Um, 
course, Steve. <laughs> um, okay, back to the uh, back to the questions, um, or another question. So you're you're um, you kind of got the voice, or you you it was it was your um, destiny to have this experience, and then you came out of the experience, and your inner voice is telling you that you need to go teach or share this information. Mm-hmm. Um, are we are we switching gears back to no, no yeah more yeah funny questions yeah no no we're we're switching gears right. we're switching gears we're leading into it because um, that's sort of that's what I've numbered as my next question because right. I'm I'm not a proficient at this yes but uh, at this yet but um, I want to know for you uh, as a teacher uh, so I was asking about you know relating to your friends and your families and stuff but I, when you became a teacher um, of of spirituality um what are some of the challenges that you faced um that teachers face and maybe if you can give me like what's the weirdest thing that you got to deal with as like a as someone in the spiritual community because i know you know i remember you telling me that some people gave you grief that you were married and that isn't like (laughs) you're not spiritual enough to you can't you can't be what you know we want you to be or think you should be if you're married because that's you know you have you have have an attachment or whatever the thing is Um, yeah, like challenges yeah. for you. What, what was it? Yeah, those was it proje- weird? Like, well, those projections are, you know, I mean, they're challenging when you don't know how to deal with them. You know, over time, you, you know, you learn how to, you know, deal with most things that you, you work at dealing with them. Yeah. But yeah, those projections are, you know, <clears throat> uh, sometimes challenging uh, as a, as a teacher. Yeah. To, to, you know, to have to deal with that. Like, I mean, I, I provide a space that I. I want it to be open where people feel open and obviously you know people have different hang-ups or insecurities and so that limits how open they can be and when they're not so open that can come out in uh, in funny ways <laughs> yeah you know um, uh, and then there's also just the um, you know the dingbats, the witness. <laughs> I mean, you want it to be funny, but you know, I mean it in a, I know, in I know a most respectful saying. way. Like the crazies, the crazies, crazies kind of come out. Yeah, the crazies come out every once in a while, and, and you know. And and was that? Uh, did you expect that, or was it kind of like as it was happening? I was like, oh, this is weird that this keeps happening. You know, these I'm I'm doing something that's attracting that kind of frequency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know, at first I was you know not so much anymore. Now I just you know I know it's just par for the course yeah and people are at different places you know different places in their journey and i, I just try to uh, to treat them as respectfully as possible and set boundaries if boundaries are appropriate yeah yeah uh, but it's funny you know when i uh some of the first times it happened i would you know i just remember a conversation with my sister my little sister about it and she's laughing at me like really i would have thought that there are way more people that, <laughs> that are crazy in the spiritual scene yeah. so that you know just could be her own uh, conception about you know what uh, what's happening in, in you know <laughs> in the lives of people that are interested in spirituality. Yeah, yeah. That they're all you know crazy. a little nutty. A little nutty. Yeah. And and as and this is just I, I mean I don't know why I'm interested in this moment, but like when you decide to set your first class and you have people coming and you're in the front of the room and you have a room full of people or mm-hmm. three however many people were there. Uh, two people, yeah. Uh, was it like, uh, what was that like? Were you just totally in the zone, like this is what I gotta do, or was it like this is a trip, man? I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm in front of the class, you know, giving them my truth. 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a, a high school and elementary school teacher for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, that was some, uh, some good training in terms of, you know, just being comfortable being in front of people. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely comfortable, but I was fairly comfortable. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of stage fright is normal, yeah. I think, uh, and, you know, often, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just, uh, you know, uh, over time just got more and more comfortable, you know, where yeah. you, you don't necessarily get, uh, so worked up about it, but worked up enough that, you know, uh, you, uh, you want to, you know, you, you want to be on and present and be able to facilitate a nice gathering. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the balancing act of, you know, just finding that nice, you know, middle ground where, you know, yeah, you're, be, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're pumped to do it, but yeah. you're not, it's not overtaking. Yeah, it. Yeah. And, yeah, and making you feel like you're uncomfortable because you're so anxious about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I totally had a question for that, but it just slipped my mind. <laughs> um, oh, you know, what I was going to say is that I think... Um, when you're talking about the teaching component, it feels like uh, I've, it's definitely possible that being in front of a class is definitely a, uh, it, it is a performance in its own way. So mm -hmm. people that oh, yeah. do that, I think, you know, you're, you are putting a little performance <clears throat> on when you're in front of all those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you that, have to. that would have been yeah. good, uh, yeah. good uh, training or I guess a place for you to kind of get used to that. that the feeling. interaction, the role, yeah. the role of being the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, 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 okay. Um, your favorite guru? Do you have a guru that you most identify with that you um, connect with, and why? Well, I never had uh, a, a guru or a teacher in the traditional sense, uh, like where you have a you know contact with them, receive guidance from them directly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there were people that kind of showed up. As part of my journey that were teachers but not like a long-lasting relationship they were sort of more momentarily uh, you know uh, arrived on the scene of my life when I needed uh, a certain piece of direction so there are a few instances of that okay uh, but so uh, you know at this point there are definitely teachers that I, I admire and respect and learn from mm -hmm. uh, the two Probably the two biggest in that sense are uh, Almas and uh, Ken Wilber. Okay. Uh, both those two. And both are, you know, um, it's interesting. I, I came upon Ken Wilber uh, shortly after uh, my awakening and began to read his work, which helped me understand my experience helped me put uh, put it in context and also helped me develop some language to uh, think about it uh, and speak about it and talk about it eventually but one of the things I always found that was sort of you know missing or wasn't quite uh, expressed enough in his work and I don't know if that's changed since but I, I read up to uh, for those who are aware of Ken Wilber I read up to a brief history of everything mm -hmm. Uh, and his earlier works before that, uh, he his model and and you know he develops a model for understanding reality, and within that model, is uh, 
an understanding of how the soul realizes its true nature. Yeah. And so that's what he presents to the world. But what where I always found that it was lacking was the subjective inner reality. You know, he has all of this knowledge that he's imparting about the result of going through this, you know, fundamental uh, experience <laughs> that all great sages and saints and realizers and modern and everyday people, you know, uh, experience mm -hmm. to, uh, to varying degrees. But no real... Uh, elaborate or detailed uh, examination and, and expression in the form of writing about that reality. What is it like? It wasn't there. I don't know if it has, if that's changed or if it was there and I missed it, but I always felt that I wanted more. If there was some of that in there, I always wanted more. So you, you wanted him to describe more of the experience of the inner world okay just the inner world you yeah know, he talks about with his map he talks about the inner world and how it relates to the outer world and, you know, but not actually what the inner world, the inner world looks like. like yeah yeah you know and uh almas provided that that map that, that well that that more detailed okay you know, his his way of writing and uh, his you know he has a teaching called the diamond approach which is a path to self-realization and it integrates uh, you know, psychological, modern psychological understanding with and, and builds a bridge with the, the, the goal of self-realization. And in the process of him developing that teaching and writing books about it, he, he's very uh, prolific in terms of describing that subjective world. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that, both those, for those reasons. Because I, 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 one of my earlier questions in terms of, uh, I have a Dan, it's the methods of awakening. You were talking about sitting and just uh, simple meditation and following your breath and stuff like that is kind of easiest and the hardest, but it's yeah. something very simple that you can do. And I have, I, uh, I've also written down here your favorite or most, most interesting. Um, and that sounds pretty interesting to me that, the, what is it called? The diamond? The diamond approach. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty groovy. Yeah, it's a serious school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, it sounds like a steep path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. You'd have to probably be more serious than me to. to <laughs> I do don't it. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look. You know, the other thing too is, and I tell this people quite quite often, you have to find the teachings that resonate with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, <clears throat> you know, a friend told me about almost years ago, but I just for whatever reason at the time wasn't ready and, and, and eventually I you know sort of stumbled upon him and you know the timing couldn't have been better it yeah. was like that discovery yeah yeah <laughs> new discovery of something I was and it was when you were like it was it came in right when you needed it right like when, when you were looking it. for it yeah. um so speaking of gurus yeah real quickly let's talk about this guy um what about him? So who, what, what picture am I holding up here? Sai Baba. Sai Baba. And so for those uh, people... The candy maker. <laughs> the rainmaker makes it rain. Um, and this will just be a quick question. Uh, Sai Baba, I guess, is the second in a trilogy of Babas. Um, first, is he part of a lineage? Yeah. yeah. So the first was Shirdi Sai Baba okay. in the 1840s or 60s, some, some, sometime like that. Um, from what I've read, he was a little bit more like tough love kind of guru. Mm -hmm. um, he is the second incarnation. Uh, I think they're all incarnations of Krishna. I okay. think. Um, and where, where did they have a, like a a student teacher relationship? Or no, no, they're they're, they're in different incarnations. Yeah. Right. So I think 
Uh, either it's Krishna or Vishnu. I can't remember. Right. Anyway, they're supposed to be incarnations, incarnations of that of one of those gods. Right. Um, so there's Shruti Sai Baba, uh, Saha Prima Sa, or no, um, Satha. I think it's Satha Sai Baba. Like he's yeah, that's him. And then I think in eight to ten years there's going to be a new Baba and his name is going to be Prima Sai Baba okay so they're um, waiting for him waiting apparently they know where he's going to be born or the village or whatever um, interesting so um, for people out there uh, that don't know and you wouldn't really unless you're a friend of ours um, you and I went to a temple in Toronto I had a friend um, from work um, she's a devotee of Sai Baba so she invited me to the temple I invited you. Um, Sai Baba, I think, was the actual Sai Baba here. Um, he either passed away or he was quite sick in India at the time. And he has um, a, a representative um, whose I, name is Shergrave. Yeah. And apparently Sai Baba's consciousness is being channeled through Shergrave. Yeah. Um, out of 10, how much do you think that was happening? when you were there just your personal oh opinion gosh. and then we're gonna get into uh, channeling and that sort know. of stuff i'm just curious because yeah. you know that was a that was a trip going with you right like yeah <clears throat> uh i can't say in all honesty i don't think you can make such a quick assessment okay you know i mean it, there's a part of me that wants to deconstruct all of that like, yeah you know that there's somebody it's another podcast channel, but it's another thing yeah uh not that that can't happen but you know you you have to discern whether or not that's really happening. And you can't discern that in one night. Yeah. You need to hang out with a person to get to know them. Yeah. Same so, thing. You need to hang out with a spiritual teacher to see how they are. Okay. You can't figure that out in one in one, in one one visit. So it wasn't anything overwhelming where you're like, this guy's obviously a fake, everybody. It was just no, something I mean, a little off-putting about him. Yeah, it's a bit again, of a used Carl salesman, right? Was, well, whatever. You yeah. know, I think you, you, you kind of... You have to bring into it some kind of discernment. You can't just be blindly, uh, you know, open to anything. You don't want to, you know, leave your head at the door. You got to bring your head into it. Yeah. But you also have to make sure that you're not letting your head get in the way. Yeah. Of of seeing what's actually there because of your own, you know, assumptions. Yeah. That then become projections, and so when you're not even seeing the person, you're just seeing your, your, you know, your projection of your your interpretation of based on some assumptions. Yeah. Now those assumptions can turn out to be true. But you have to give a person a chance before you okay. determine that. So I, 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 you know, you're not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was there was that a question? Oh, so um, so really quickly, uh, we have about let's say five more minutes, and we're at the hour. Yeah. Um, time flies. Uh, so channels out of ten, do you believe that channels? There are people that are capable of channeling. Absolutely. Um, psychics. Do you believe in psychics? Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the story that Houdini was huge into psychics? He said to his wife, when I die, I'm going to give you a word before I die and go to every psychic that you can, best psychics in the world, and if they say this one word, then you know yeah. that it's a, a thing. Um, and she never heard the word. Yeah. Therefore, uh, psychics aren't real. Oh, no, no. I just think it's a cool story. But so for you, psychics... Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, these are these are abilities that you know people can any human being can 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 develop, and you know some have a natural gift and some are fakers. Some are fakers yeah. and some have a gift and you know don't channel you know g 
good stuff. Okay. <laughs> because they're for whatever reason. Yeah. So they, you know, I always say about that stuff, you know, the psychic or the channel, they, uh, you know, they have to be good, clear vessels. Yeah. If they're not good, clear vessels, then there's potential problems. Yeah. Okay. You That's know. awesome way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. Um, and mediums. Yeah. Same. Same, same? Yeah. Shout out to Long Island Medium. <laughs> Teresa Caputo. Yeah. If you're a doubter in the, in the possibility of these things, then I don't think that, you know, you should believe that, you know, because there are a lot of charlatans and, you know, and, and fakers and scammers. And yeah. I think in the West we're cynical sometimes, but also our, our worldview doesn't support, uh, you know, the idea that these uh, capacities exist. Yeah. You know, they're sort of relegated outside of what we accept as serious modern psychology yeah but you know we call it parapsychology or so like it's not really cult yeah, kinda, it's, yeah. Out, it's on the fringe it hasn't been integrated yeah that's just our current times that's our worldview but you know they you know these the, these abilities do exist human beings can develop them some people have natural talent yeah and develop them in pretty extraordinary ways and Teresa Caputo if you're a disbeliever and you're interested in maybe becoming a believer yeah check out her show Long Island Medium and if you you can accept that you know it's not one big charade and I don't think it can be yeah. in TV there's a role right <laughs> you can't you can't do all kinds of camera tricks yeah you're trying to show that this is you know something that's really happening and they're not all actors these are real people and she's yeah. doing her thing and it's not being switched into editing bay later and you she'll know make a believer out of you yeah because she makes believers out of everybody everywhere she goes what's the difference what's the difference between channeling and being a medium and it, to me it's like the difference between sympathy and empathy like yeah like it's a little switch in uh, no you don't really know off the top of your head because i yeah i don't know like uh you know i think these are di you know different different terms that have to be defined Okay. You know, because how the gifts, how these gifts, let's just call it, you know, I like gifts of the spirit. Yeah. You know, again, that might be too theistic or religious sounding for people. Uh, these, you know, okay. Gifts of the spirit. Yeah. And how they show up and how they manifest are, are, are you know, are, they're unique and, and you know, different, <clears throat> different people express these talents in different ways. Like Edgar Casey, he had to go into a deep trance where he wasn't there anymore. And then, you know he would do his thing and then yeah. afterwards he would come out of it and you know he would uh you know prescribe medical cures for people that were miraculous in their effect to deal with whatever issues that they had yeah but he had no knowledge of any of it while he was doing this and he you know he would give predictions all kinds of stuff no knowledge other people they don't go into a deep trance they <laughs> they receive it yeah yeah just, you know the, the you know the uh the sound waves come in and they could be driving their car and there they go they're channeling yeah they there's different ways, different ways of doing it shows it. up yeah so, uh, you know all right cool yeah cool um okay a little rapid fire here and then i'm gonna plug your store and your books <laughs> and then we'll uh it'll be a ghost um reincarnation yes or no yes uh we'll delve into that <laughs> some other time I, i'm finding that there's other stuff that i want to delve in as i'm bringing up these questions um what Hindu god do you most identify with? If you had to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Just a silly question, right? Like, uh, is there one that you kind of go, oh, that, that one seems cooler than the other ones? <laughs> no, because I don't think of them that way. As separate, you know, entities that one's cooler than the other. Yeah, yeah, like... I, I, I don't know. 
you know, just, just like he might be, you might have an affinity for a t- one teacher over another, right? Like, I don't even know them that well. Uh, I remember reading about some god that in, in the Hindu pantheon was associated with Thursday. I liked him. Oh, really? Yeah. With Thursday. <laughs> with Thursday. Yeah. The Thursday god, that one. Yeah, I that's like cool. That well, that it's actually the, the Friday god that gave Rebecca Black that song. <laughs> I'm not happy with him. Right. Um, in... 30 seconds, can you explain the Holy Trinity to me? No. Okay. Um, what is the overall uh, point of incarnating? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I probably could answer that in 30 seconds if yeah. I don't want That's to. okay. <laughs> I just, just for shits and giggles, yeah. we're going to try and make this like about an hour. So, yeah. I mean, should we come back to this one day? I don't <clears> have to push it all into the next minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just quickly, the you know the purpose of reincarnation is so that the soul can grow. Cool. Yeah. And needs experiences to grow, whether yeah. they're here or somewhere else. Somewhere else. Uh, you have a grilled cheese shop. Yes. What's the location of your grilled cheese shop? Nine hundred two Millwood Road in Leaside. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, Ontario. Yes. Um, and you're there six days a week. Uh, five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah. For lunch. Yeah. Lunch Eleven till three. Yeah. My wife and I run it. Come by if you're in town. Yeah. <laughs> if you're around town, you want to come by. We uh we serve up you know specialty grilled cheese sandwiches made with love. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, folks. Until next time. Send it.